Hey, hey, I'm really excited that you're here today for the Content Creation Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Jen Liddy, and I'm here with a guest. I'm going to tell you about my guest first, and I'm going to tell you why she's here with me. So I have a belief that to work in this online space in 2023 with a 2023 audience, but also for who you are in 2023, one of the most important things is for you to know yourself and to know your audience. We are all such different people in the last three years. So much has happened to us. So much has changed. There's so much more that we won't put up with. And I think it's really important that we know ourselves so much better in real life, the relationships that we have with ourselves, with the people that we are in relationship in real life with, but also in our online relationships. And that also includes our audience. And so I am doing a series where we're talking about how knowing yourself through different tools and modalities and knowing your audience through different tools and modalities will make creating content so much easier for you in terms of like what you're putting out there, in terms of what you're saying, but also in terms of how you do it and how you expend your energy. And that's why I'm bringing on experts who are sharing their insights about all of the different ways we can know ourselves. And today I'm super excited to talk to Jackie Brewster. And she is an Enneagram coach, but she's more than that. She's a certified Enneagram coach, but she is also a, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, an experiential specialist. Did I get that right, Jackie? You did. Yep, (laughs) you did. And she's going to tell us more about what that means. But we are going to talk today about how using the Enneagram can help us not only know ourselves better, but also know our audiences better. And we have no idea where this conversation is going. So stay along for the ride. And Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to talk all things Enneagrams. This is going to be interesting. I think so too. Before we go much deeper, can you tell people what the Enneagram is? Because maybe there's people out there who haven't heard it. I know I never heard of it until the winter of 2020. Okay. The Enneagram, it's a personality typing system. So there's nine different numbers, nine different ways of viewing the world. You know, oftentimes I think about it like nine different colored glasses. Mm-hmm. We- think that everybody views the world through our specific colored glasses mm-hmm. until you realize, oh my gosh, there's nine different personality types, nine different ways that they show up, nine different coping strategies, nine different ways of people get their needs met. They try to you know, keep themselves safe through the world. So the Enneagram really helps to unpack the why behind our behavior. So it's, it's looking at motivation more than behavior, mm-hmm. although we'll see a lot of memes and things like that driven towards behavior. Yeah. The work that I do as a coach is I get underneath that and we uncover and discover the why behind and what it looks like to grow to a healthier version of yourself. So who do you normally work with when you are teaching and coaching the Enneagram? I work with all kinds of people. So age range, uh, 20s to what I don't even, I don't know. I don't want to speculate people's Mm -hmm. ages, but up up there somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I do some stuff with teenagers around helping them and un- you know uncover the whys behind some of their own patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. And I work with male and female. I work with in corporate environments as well as with individuals and couples. Mm-hmm. So it's vast. I just feel like it's deep and wide. That's what I feel like with yeah. the Enneagram. The Enneagram, yeah. when I found the Enneagram in the it was February 2020. My best friend and I had just kind of stumbled upon it. We went away on vacation with our two families right before COVID hit. And we were really, uh, it was just the two families in this house that we had rented. And we brought this 
Enneagram book with us and we started diving in and the four of us would be sitting around and I, I was like, oh, 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 you, oh, this is me and that's you and that's him and that's him. And it just was like these light bulbs started to go off, not in like a judgy way or a pinholy way, like, oh, now you have to sit, you're, you're a five, so this is you, but in a, um, oh, I get you so much more. And it immediately shifted my marriage because I no longer was misunderstanding what my husband was doing or why he was doing it. And well, it shifted both of our marriages and it was absolutely so powerful. And so that from then on, we all became obsessed with it. And we, we actually, it's like this vernacular we have where we're like, oh, that's just your oneness coming out or, oh my God, you're such a nine. You're just, this is a nine thing that you're doing. And yep. So can you give us a quick overview of the numbers before we dive in too deeply, or is that too much to go into? No, I, I can. Okay. be really quick. Yeah. So this is just kind of scratching the surface. So if you're interested in what we're really talking about, you got to go deeper, okay? Totally. Don't take my like one-liners <laughs> as like, well, that's just what I am because it's around motivation, remember? So the Enneagram one is typically like the perfectionist of the Enneagram numbers. They like to do things orderly. They want to be seen as good and right in the eyes of others. They don't want to make mistakes. There's so much below this, but we're just going to stick to the surface here. Totally. The, the Enneagram too is the nurture of the Enneagram. I say this differently typically I, if I had it in front of me, but we're just going. We're just going to We're just winging it. So we're just winging it. But a supportive advisor. So the Enneagram okay. 2, the supportive advisor. I like that one better. Mm -hmm. So they want to be the helpers of a lot of people they want to, you know, they want to be the best friend. They want to be the caretaker. They're great at nurturing. They really lean into the needs of others, oftentimes at the expense of their own needs, mm. you know, so we want to pay attention to that for them. The Enneagram 3 is a driven achiever. They are all about going after it, whatever that is. They're going to figure it out. They're very competitive people. Mm-hmm but highly, highly driven. The Enneagram 4 is the romantic individualist, and they are deep in their feelings. There are some fours, though, that don't express their feelings as openly, and so they can mistype as something else because mm. it's like, well, they, they're kind of long-suffering. They don't really show the outward expression of emotion like you expect, mm -hmm. but fours feel deeply. They see the world through this creative lens. It is beautiful and interesting. I just, I love to hear a four describe their environments. The Enneagram five is the investigative thinker. And so they take in a lot of information. I have a girlfriend, she knows a little bit about a lot. <laughs> and so anything I need, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? And she's like, well, and she's like, it tells me this. Or yeah, has an opinion, tells me the whole thing about it. What, you know, what way I should do it. Like, this is the best way to do it. And so she's actually one of the people that, that started me on the Enneagram journey years and years ago. Mm. And so uh, she gave me a book. She's like, here you go. And I was like, oh, yep. I can see why you gave me this book. I am a mess. <laughs> it's such a fun thing to do. <laughs> it is. And I was a mess, y'all. A mess. But investigative thinker. So lots of information. The safest way for me to be in the world is to have, you know, not a ton of expectations on me, to have good boundaries and to typically Enneagram fives don't have a hard time saying no. Mm. They're just like, nope, this is my plan and I'm not, I'm not going to waver. Thanks, mm -hmm. but no. The Enneagram six is the loyalist. They are gatherers of people. Mm. 
They want to be a, connected to somebody in authority or an institution or a belief system that helps ground them and know that they're making the right decision, the best decision. They want to be attached to something or someone that helps them feel safe and secure in the world. I've never heard that description of a six. That's really interesting. Mm. Yes. We hear a lot of fearfulness around yes, the sixes. Yes. And I just want to say, no, there's so much more to it than that. Love that. We all can get caught up in fear, but if we get below it a little bit, we'll see what we're really looking for. And the six wants to be safe and secure in the world. And so they want to attach themselves to people or institutions or beliefs. Yeah. The Enneagram seven is the enthusiast. I'm an Enneagram seven. Um, So I'm like, you know, we are like big picture, visionary, let's get it done. We can do all the things and we can gather people to do it with us. Let's go conquer the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a lot of energy with the Enneagram 7, a lot of excitement and movement. They want to make great things happen and they want to do it with people. The Enneagram 8 is the fierce protector. And so they are often strong I always feel like you can feel innate. You can feel innate when they enter the room. You can feel their presence. They have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. I have a friend that says like, she's married to Nate. She said, he doesn't walk on the floor. He walks in the floor. (laughs) Like he just takes up the space and he doesn't even know it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not mean or anything like that. He just, there's an assertiveness about him that is awesome. Actually, I love, I love that powerful piece of an eight when it's healthy. Honed in. Yes. Yes. When it's healthy. And then the Enneagram nine is the peacemaker. And so they sit on the top of the Enneagram. I I don't know why I think them as, I always think of them as an owl. Like they can, their head can turn all the way around. Like they can see all sides of a situation. They're great in the midst of conflict, helping people kind of navigate conversations and things like that. But they are kind and generous and gentle oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And they really want everybody to get along. They want everybody to have a voice at the table. Mm-hmm. And so it's beautiful. Thank you. That I think that this is such a great jumping off place for people who maybe have never heard about the Enneagram before. But Jackie just did a beautiful job of covering nine different personalities, but on a really positive way. Because sometimes you follow Enneagram accounts and it's always like the, um, you know, not only just the quirks, but the negative aspects of it. And as a one who is the perfectionist, the reformer, I think some of the Enneagram Mm -hmm. people call it, it's so easy for me to see the negative and everything because I'm always trying to fix everything. So I love how you frame all of these with the strengths of each one. Beautiful. That's how I teach the Enneagram. So even with my clients, I'm looking, we're going to have to look at the negative, but I can't stay there long as a seven. As a seven. (laughs) We won't stay there long. We're going to have to dip in and dip out. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to help get to the higher side. But I think the awareness is key. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes if we can get to it in a way that it's approachable. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm just telling you all the negative things about yourself, it's gonna be kind of hard to yeah, get into that. Why would you want to engage that. with that? Right? Right? I don't want that. I do see the world through through a positive lens. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how, why I teach the Enneagram that way. I do go into the deep stuff, I promise. I go into the deep and the nitty gritty. We look at the not so pretty sides, but we look at the why. Why are you getting to that place anyways? And yeah, so let's, it's typically- Let's talk our, about that because okay. mm-hmm. the whole purpose of me having these conversations is to find out why knowing yourself better through any of these modalities like the Enneagram is useful to you. 
And so let's talk about like why you were drawn to the Enneagram and how it helps people know themselves better and why that's so important. I don't know that I was drawn to the Enneagram as much as I was given a book about your five. <laughs> and so, and in that season of my life, I have four children. The babies are twins and they were two. Mm-hmm. And then, so that would make the other ones seven and nine. I always have to do the math in my head. Ooh. There's a gap between them. Yeah. And so, in that season, everything was chaotic and crazy and it felt messy and difficult. And my girlfriend could, she witnessed it all, you know, the good, bad, the ugly, she was there. And so she gave me this book and I started to read it and I was like, oh, okay. And I originally tested as an Enneagram eight and I'm like, okay, I can totally see all mm-hmm. the strong assertive. I like the word assertive more than aggressive. Mm-hmm. So assertive mm-hmm. <laughs> parts of myself. But as I started to read about it and like read more of the the wings, I really resonated with the seven more around the childhood messagings of mm. I can't depend on anyone for anything. I'm gonna have to figure this thing out. You know, there's there's divorce in my family early on and single mom. You just had to figure things out in a different way. Yeah. And then what I really my heart longed for was to be taken care of. That's an Enneagram seven. Mm. And not taken care of like financially, although that's wonderful but more on an emotional side of that, that I wasn't a burden, Mm -hmm. that somebody actually wanted to love me Mm -hmm. and protect me and care for me. And so when I started to unpack that part of it, that's when I was more curious around, okay, let me see this. And then there was a phrase with the Enneagram 7 that it said frantic escapism. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is, and that is not the healthiest version Mm -hmm. of you. Okay, I'm just going to tell you, like as I talk about the levels of health, it's not the healthiest version of myself, but it was the first time I read something that made sense to me that didn't make me feel like something was wrong with me, yes. but it began to understand the why behind. When I want to frantically escape, it could be really good. I typically feel trapped or stuck. Mm. I don't feel like I can finish what I start or there's so much weight of everything on me. And if I look at that, it typically has to do with a lack of margin in my life. And so- when I think about this for all the numbers, why would you want to know about yourself and the levels of health? Because it's going to help you understand where you are and why you do what you do. And are you healthy? Are you in the average range? Or are you are you just not even in a healthy range of yourself? Because the best version of you is going to be working towards health and growth. Yeah. So like you so, can still yeah. be yourself. but healthy. And I thought that was a really powerful Mm -hmm. takeaway I had of the Enneagram because as the perfectionist, everyone's always telling me, you need to play more, you need to relax more, you need to let things go. But it just always felt like I was raging against my own nature. And so when I found the Enneagram, it felt like almost coming home to myself Yes, and that I could be myself, but a better version of myself where I didn't have to give anything up about myself. It was like, there's no fundamental part of yourself that's bad. There's nothing wrong with you being the way you are. It's just, how is it serving you? And then how is it serving your relationships? That's kind of what I took away from it. 100%. You know, that frantic escapism, is that a bad part of me? No, it shows up when I'm not healthy. And so what's causing me to get to that place. And that that's growth. Like when I can, I can recognize that. So I can become aware of that. I can acknowledge that in my own self. Sometimes it takes me a a couple minutes or a little bit to realize, (laughs) Hey, I'm not super healthy right now. And then I can decide to choose different. 
And that's the pivot on growth. Like we can choose different if we know what's going on. So I feel like it kind it gave words to things that I had felt. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that I assumed was bad about myself. Yes. Because it was different than other people's expressions. Right. Right. So the knowing yourself piece of the Enneagram, I think was really powerful. And when I talk about it with my friends, we all think it's really incredibly powerful. I, as an extroverted one, I tend to attract introverted nines into my closest circle, which is super interesting, but we love to talk about this stuff. And it just helps us accept ourselves. And also the second part, I think, is you get to accept other people. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that piece? Oh, yes. That is one. I feel like when I get to do corporate environments, like if I get to go into a corporate environment, I work with a lot of teams. When I get to go into those environments, oftentimes I'll say like, I'm going to teach empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. That's what I get to open the door to empathy and compassion. I get to show you guys that there's nine different personality types. There's nine different ways of viewing situations. There's no right or wrong. So just because somebody has a more assertive stance, it doesn't mean they're better or right. Mm. It means that they have to learn how to pull back and pause a little bit. And some of the other compliance stance needs to learn not to say yes so fast. Mm. And the withdrawn stance maybe needs to be able to move forward a little bit faster. But all in all, it needs to, there needs to be space held for every person in it. And so that's the piece around, the aha moments around like, oh, you're not lazy because you're not moving at my pace. You have a different pace. Right. It's the, oh, you're not doing it to me. You're just doing it because that's the way your brain is built. Yes. Yes. That was huge for me. Oh, yes. And I think like in our most intimate relationships, right? Because we're human beings created for connection. So we have these intimate relationships and sometimes it can feel like, why are you doing that? You know, I don't like that. And then there's two sides of it of like, they're not even thinking about you when they're doing that. Right. You know, like two different people and how they get to the, to the same thing might look different. That's a huge one for me. Like even in counseling, the counselor was like, he can parent different than you and you can still parent together. Mm. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> How can that be? Because I'm right. I'm the right one. So how can that be? 100% of the time. No. <laughs> right. This was huge for me because as I said, I'm the one who is the always uh, wants to be right because my biggest fear is that I'm doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm married to a five who's also an introvert and he doesn't need to process things through his mouth. He processes them all in his mind and he knows a lot about a lot of things, but he doesn't share them with me. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, I just thought I was doing it wrong or it was my fault. It was just so freeing. But I think everything you're talking about here goes back to the motivation of why someone is doing not necessarily the behaviors, but like why they're doing the behavior. Right. So when we look at the motivation, there's three things that all of us needed when we were from infancy forward, okay? Like from little us all the way to present us right Mm -hmm. now, regardless of your age, we want to know that we're safe. We want to know that we're loved Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we're getting our needs met, Mm -hmm. okay? And how we learned how to do that. So 
I think that Enneagram is nature and nurture. That's how I teach it. That's what I believe. Like there's, we are born with a certain temperament. That's the essence of who we are. Mm -hmm. And that our personality comes on the scene when we have to develop patterns of behavior to get our needs met. How do I keep myself safe? How do I get love? And how do I get my needs met? And so when we begin to develop those patterns of behavior, this is where the motivations happen. So every one of those Enneagram numbers has a different motivation. And I believe that it's found back in those childhood messaging. So there's an unconscious childhood messaging and a heart longing. And so we're trying to get those needs met. Within the Enneagram system, there's a withdrawn stance, an assertive stance, and a compliant stance. And so the only ones that actually go towards people to try to get those needs met are the people in the compliant stance. So your Enneagrams, ones, twos, and sixes, they move towards people trying to get this need met. Okay. Okay. So the Enneagrams, fours, fives, and nines, they're in the withdrawn stance and they're like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'll just try to figure out how to protect this need. And I don't know that I trust moving towards anybody. I'm going to get it met. So I just, oh, I think I'm going to hold on to that need. And then you've got the assertive stance, the three, seven, eight, that assertive stance, they stand independently in the world and push against. Mm. So they're like, I have a need. I'll meet my own need. Thank you very much. I might even push you away because I don't want you to hurt me. And so I would rather try to figure out how to get this need met myself. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Oh, right. So even if you're thinking about like the content creation, stuff like this, like if you're thinking about how you're doing this and then how you're engaging with your audience, even it is dependent upon this way that we sit in the world around like, what is the safest way for me to do this? How do I get this need met? Wow. So can we play with this for a little while? Yeah. Okay. So if you are a, so it's compliant. Uh-huh. Yes. Ass- what is it? Yep. So assertive? it's compliant, mm-hmm. assertive, and withdrawn. Withdrawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you are withdrawn, you are mostly working with the, I don't really trust anybody else. I'm going to figure this out myself. Yeah. I mean, in a secure relationship, you're going to move towards your partner. And in a secure work environment, you're going to trust the people around you a little bit more, but you're still going to hold back some. It's kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like, so if we can use the Enneagram 5. Yeah. So they want to know that their needs are not a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. So I want to know my needs are not a problem. However, I grew up with the messaging that the world is kind of a scary place. It's unpredictable. And uh, my needs might not get met here. Like it might be a problem. So I'm going to make my world small. And I might have a lot of money in the bank, but that doesn't mean I'm going to spend all my money. Like I'm probably going to drive a car that's older and I'm going to conserve <laughs> my resources because I don't know what's going to happen in right. the world. And so they're going to pull back. Okay. And say like, I'm going to try to to make sure that I don't have a lot of needs that need mm-hmm. to be met. I'm going to conserve what I can and I'm going to, you know, it could be like, I love my people, but I don't want to put that burden on sure. them. How and can so you it imagine like that. that might show up for somebody who has to market themselves as a small business owner, they have to market themselves and need to create content to nurture their audience. Yes. How might that kind of blow up in their face? Yes. So my project manager is a five. Okay. Okay. I have got a book coming out in March. Oh. And I have two books already out there. And so I'm like, hey, so we need to put the content out. We're going to need to 
put that out into the world. And he's like, mm-hmm, okay. And then he's like, well, I'm not sure. Maybe we shouldn't do it too much. Maybe we should just do it over here. Maybe I'm not sure. Like, and, and then he'll talk to me like, I know it's how he feels about it. Like, I know that this is really uncomfortable for you to market yourself. So we're going to have to get really uncomfortable in doing this. And I'm like, okay. And as a seven, I am assertive in that assertive stance. And I want to put my stuff out there, but I, I struggle with that burden piece. Mm-hmm. So I, it's kind of a little bit like, I know I need to do this, but oh, so then having somebody that's caution, mm-hmm. that cautions me, mm-hmm. slows me down. If I had somebody that was like, this is what we're doing, we're putting you out there and and I would go with it too. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, well, I don't know. So my publishing team, they're giving me a plan. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need a better plan. I need like permission to do this. But so you see it. So with the with a withdrawn stance, you'll see a little bit more caution around how can I do this? I don't want to overwhelm the market. I don't want people to think that I think too highly of myself. You know, and this is an interesting one because you've got the fours in there that are creative. And there's two different types of fours. There's one type of four that creates for others, and they're going to be more likely to want to share their creation. Okay. Then you've got a, another type of four that creates for self. And they're going to sit, that's that four or five wing. Mm. They create for self. And so they're going to be a little bit more cautious about sharing it all. And so you might feel like you're pulling teeth to try to get them to share where the four with a three wing mm-hmm. is much more like, how do I get this out there? How do I driven. share this? With They've got that they're driven, driven. Piece. Yeah. 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 So this mm-hmm. is so fascinating. So knowing yourself and your stance. Now I've never, you are the first person who's ever taught me about the stance piece. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. totally new to me. So I do not have my head wrapped around that. So I'm learning along with anybody else who's listening. Yeah. So this stance along with your, your specific piece of pie on the, on the nine spectrum, yep. right? All of this affects how you might show up for your content marketing in yes. terms of feeling like, I'm burdening others. Mm-hmm. I might mm-hmm. be like, I'm too big for my britches. It might not be safe to do, be right. doing this. So if you look at the other two stances, the compliance stance, the one, two, six, they're like, what are the rules? So depending on what what you're creating, what you're creating for your market space, like depending on your space, your your specific angle that you've got going on, you're going to look towards others. What are other people doing? How are other people doing it well? What is winning for them? And then that will kind of be like your guide. And so you're like, okay, if they're talking about this seven days a week, then I'm going to talk about this seven days a week. If they're talking about this three days a week and they're doing like, you give two, take one. If I think there's a different yeah, way to yeah, say yeah. that, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Value, then, value, ask. Value, yes. value, ask. Oh, yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. There you go. So you're going to pay attention to what that is in your particular field of interest. Like that's what you're going to sure. do. So that's more compliant. You're going to move towards it, figure it out. What do people expect me to do? Okay, I can show up. Okay. If you're in the assertive stance, mm-hmm. the three, seven, eight, mm-hmm. you stand independently and you might not look at lo- a, a, what a lot of other people are doing. You're just going to do whatever you think you should do. I love that. And there, there could be a little competition in here. So the seven, I'm a seven. So I'm more like, I'm just going to create content that is authentic to me. And I want to speak truth to people. I want people to love themselves through awareness. So I'm going to speak truth. Like I'm going to, I'm in that lane. I'm married to a three and my three husband is always, he's very competitive. Mm -hmm. So he's always looking for the next big thing or the break or whatever that looks like. So he's like, you need to get on TikTok. And I'm like, I just, I, 
cannot be my authentic <laughs> self on TikTok and do this. Like it's not going to work. So that the three and the eight, because they have a bit more of competition than the seven, they might feel more aggressive. They might be more assertive. They might be more in your face. They might be more willing to be bold in their approach, even controversial in their approach, mm-hmm. where some of the other numbers are like, oh, I don't like that one. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Right. Or like, I love that they can do that, but I couldn't do that authentically. I think the last thing that you just said is the most important thing for us all to remember, because as a one, I am looking at the threes, the sevens, and the eights who are doing it their own way. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't quite work for me. I'm always comparing myself to other people because I'm like, am I doing it right? Right. And so all of this self-knowledge, it's so helpful in that like, oh, aren't I interesting? Isn't like, I think each of us really has to look at ourselves and say how fascinating we are. And there is no one right way. And even though we might have this number that we associate with, it doesn't mean that anything is not possible for us or is possible for us. But it's just such a way to get inside of our own heads and stop beating ourselves up. Because I think what happens when it comes to content creation, this is I'm curious about your experience as a creator yourself, because Jackie has an incredible Instagram account and an incredible following. And I'm wondering, as a creator, I sense that it might be more, you kind of come at it with fun is the the vibe that I get from you. Whereas maybe for a four who's trying to present, it might feel more, a four with a five wing, like you said, it might be more painful because they're more withdrawn when it comes to like wanting to share themselves, right? Yes. Yes. It's interesting because I am a seven. My husband has a marketing background. He's a three. He's had a social media following. And then I kind of stepped into this thing and it just blew up. Yeah. I think it's the content. It's Enneagram. People want to know about themselves. Yes. And so if I keep the focus on people, it's great. If I turn that focus on me, nobody's interested. I will tell you. Boom. Boom. Nobody's interested. Absolutely. So, and my project manager helps me with this. It just with that, like that people want to hear about themselves, Jackie. So then it takes off the pressure. And I don't love to post my family a lot on mm-hmm. social media because I don't know all those people that follow me. So sure. it feels a little funny. Yeah. So if I keep that content going in that direction, it's good. And I so a seven in health and growth goes to a five. So I pull in some of that investigative thinking. Mm-hmm. So I am always reading and searching and looking and gathering information. And then I write well in advance. Mm-hmm. So I'm like months ahead on mm-hmm. socials. So I don't take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I try to think about what my audience would like to hear. Mm-hmm. And then I don't put a lot of pressure on the numbers, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so. I just feel like if I'm authentic to me and I'm teaching it the way that I feel like I should, I don't feel pressure. But I work with a lot of other people. I've got friends in different spaces and they have a really hard time getting social media out there. The eights in my life, they have a hard time with social media because it's like on display and they don't want people to think that they're dumb or that they're not doing it right. And it can almost feel a little one-ish in some ways, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So they have a bit of a hard time getting it out there because they don't want anybody to say anything negative mm-hmm. about them. When people say negative things about me, I'm usually like, oh, thanks so much for letting me know that. Or thank you for <laughs> giving me a different insight. Like I really don't. You're not attached to it. 
Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. So the thing that you said about knowing your audience, mm-hmm. when you go check out Jackie's Instagram, if you're when you're listening to this, you will notice the level of detail in all of her posts is incredible. And I can tell that you research all the time, the way that you're threading things together and like thematically threading things together and the, the depth that you go to and really like mirroring to people what they are seeing about themselves. That is what makes you such a great content creator because people really do want to know how this affects, how anything affects them. What's in it for me, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. different than being an influencer. And yes. people kind of, yes. I think, conflate content creation with being an influencer. Yes. People will say that stuff to me. I don't look like an influencer, so I'm <laughs> like, I don't really think I fit that mold. I get a lot of asks. hmm to promote stuff for people. I usually stay pretty clear. Every now and then I'll say yes to something, but I'm not in that influencer space. I'm in the business of helping people uncover and discover more about themselves Mm -hmm. and teaching people how to move towards growth so that they actually like themselves. So the other thing that I'm hearing, which I which I say all the time to my audience is your message has to be so clear. People need to know what you're about when they find you. And that is so true with you. You are so on brand all the time. Like anybody who lands on your account is going to know what it's about. And I think that's another strength of yours. And the more that we can, so if somebody is listening and they're saying, oh, you know, Jackie's really focused on educating people and helping them become aware so that they can use these tools to live a better life in their home, in their workplace, and their businesses. That is the way that you're approaching it, but it's not the only way. It's not the right way. And so I just want everybody listening. If you do want to be an influencer, certainly there's a place for you. And how does your personality and your place on the Enneagram and your stance help you do all of that? Yes. And if if you want to be an influencer, do it. Like, I have clients that are influencers. Be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, don't sell out. That's what I would say. Don't sell out. Right. But you probably have to figure out who you are, right? Which is what the Enneagram helps us do. Yes. So we've talked a lot about ourselves as creators, and I would just love to delve into how do you keep in mind as a creator all of the different types of personalities that are out there? I think what I do for a living helps me to be very mindful mm-hmm. of the content I'm putting out there because I'm writing it to specific personality types. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm writing it, I'm thinking through how they're going to feel when this hits them. Yeah. And sometimes I write, you know, there's the post I put out this week and I, I got it back at me at certain numbers and I didn't write anything bad. I just wrote what was true, Mm. but sometimes they just don't take it that way. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to have some thick skin when it comes to content creation, I think for sure. But I do, I am mindful that not everybody sees the like life through my lens. So I am an enthusiastic, fun loving, like let's get it all done kind of person nobody else but sevens really kind of think through that same lens. Some, mm. There's positive outlook people. So there's like two sevens and nines on the Enneagram number. They're going to have a more positive outlook on the world and they're going to want to go to the positive, mm. but they're the only ones. Mm-hmm. So then you've got different focuses of attention for each Enneagram type. And so it's my job to know that. And it's my job to understand how to deliver that message in a way that is palatable. Like they can take that in and do something with it. I want there to be 
a call to action. I always say information is not transformation until yes. you activate it. Yeah. And so that's super important to me. Like how can I give information that can be used for transformation? But it's taken a lot of years of reading and learning and knowing my audience. And so it would depend on what you're selling or right, what you're highlighting and then focusing in on that particular audience. I hope that people aren't listening to this thinking they need to become an Enneagram expert to consider all of these things because you don't. I think the win is in considering that there is another lens to look th through things. Yes. Well, and I think too, like if you're going to sell something, like if you're a content creator and you're trying to sell something, right, then what is it that you're trying to sell? And then who would be naturally drawn to that? And then that's the audience you're trying to mm. sell to. So just like I know my audience, they want to know about themselves. So yes. if I post a bunch of pictures about my family, they're not interested, right. you know, unless they're my friends that follow me and they're like, oh, sweet, whatever. Yeah. Nobody else really cares. <laughs> so I have to pay attention to what they are coming to my site for. Yes. And then I have to make sure I'm delivering something that is worth their time. All of this is very intricate. And you and I are both talking about it as content creators who've been doing this for a long time. Yes. And so I'm hoping that everyone listening can be gentle with themselves and maybe just spend some time saying, who am I? Let's yeah. just start there before you think about your audience, like, cause mm -hmm. that's so big, but mm -hmm. you know, who am I? And then who are the people in my immediate circle mm -hmm. and how can I get to know them and their motivations before considering, oh, do I have to like speak to all of these different audiences? But I do, I did want you to have to come on because I wanted to open people's eyes that the more we can consider other points of view and meet those points of view, maybe not like you know, we don't have to cure everything. We don't have to solve everything, but we do have to leave space for not everybody thinks about everything the same way that we do. And it's mm -hmm. so helpful when we're creating content because imagine that you could take one piece of content and you could, you, well, you, you know, you do this all the time. You take one piece of content and you can spin it in nine ways mm -hmm. and just ring nine times out of one piece of content. And so I just wonder how people can start to think about how they could do this for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted yeah. to have these conversations. Yeah, I think it's so good. I just think that authenticity piece is so important. Like if you know you, mm -hmm. then you can hold space for other people. I think sometimes we get a little bit caught up in everybody else's expectations mm -hmm. and how everybody else is doing it. Then we feel a lot of pressure to perform and we lose ourselves in it. And so if you're beginning this journey, yeah, it is that like, learning you. What do you like? How do you like to talk about this? Or how do you like to present yourself? And does this feel authentic? Does this feel like you? Does this feel like you and your skin? And if it doesn't, that's okay. We're just learning. If that's it right. doesn't, you might take some time and say like, okay, what about this doesn't feel like me? And is there anything in here that I could adjust to make it fit you know, my personal self better. Sometimes there's not like when we're doing content creation and if we're creating for other people, sometimes there isn't that flexibility, but I do think the more comfortable you can be in your own skin, mm -hmm. the better you can probably do this. I agree. Yeah. But I do think, you know, being in my forties changes the game on that. I think. 
Wait till you get to your 50s. It's even better. You're just like, I don't care. Yeah. I think in my 20s, it was like a lot of pressure for everybody else. And Mm -hmm. like, what did they think was a win? And then in my 30s, it was like, I don't know if I'm winning at anything. I know. And then in my 40s, I'm like, hold on a second. I think I might. I might actually like myself. Yes. Like, yes. What does that look like? Yeah. I always say this phrase, and maybe this can be helpful for somebody that learn how to be celebrated, not tolerated. Mm-hmm. And when you are in environments where you are celebrated, you shine because they're drawing and pulling beautiful things from you mm-hmm. and they're holding space for you to be you. And so environments where we feel tolerated we're going to feel a little confined in a maybe hold ourselves back a little bit. Especially so. in content creation. And this is where I want to hop on and say, if you are on a platform where you feel like you're being tolerated and that energetically is coming through to your audience, it's not a good place for you. You can't sustain that. So I love that you said that. Thanks, Jackie. I'm hoping people's interest is peaked at this point about the Enneagram in general, but I highly recommend Jackie's Instagram. It's absolutely stellar like every time you read one of her pieces, you're, you're, it's like, it's like she's holding a mirror up to you. It's absolutely beautiful content creation. I, Thank you. I think so highly of it. So tell people how they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Enneagram with JB. And I'm on Facebook too, but if you're going to talk to me, Instagram is your best option. Okay. <laughs> And I do love my audience. So I love to talk to my audience. So if there's anything that you want more information on, even from today's conversation, just you can message me there. Uh, I have a website. So it's enneagramwithjb.com. You can go there and there's all the information about the services that I offer and different things like that. I have a book out. I have an Ines- like Enneagram Essentials card deck to help you begin to understand more about the Enneagram. Mm. And then I have a marriage book coming out in the spring and oh, it's, great. it's a workbook. And so it's both people talking, like it's a deep dive into understanding each other better through that lens. And if you like my Instagram, you would probably enjoy that book, but that's how you guys can find me. And I do love to talk back. So like, if you, you know, if I can be of service to anybody, I'm available. Well, thank you. You were so generous today in giving. And thank you for like wherever this conversation led us because neither of us, neither one of us knew where it was going. I think it's really fun to learn about ourselves, learn about other people. And then for me, you know, I'm, I'm such a nerd. I always want to talk about content. So I love applying it to content creation. So thank you for playing with me. Yes. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was great. All right. I will see you next week when we're talking more about content creation and we're going to keep unpacking these different modalities to help us understand ourselves, understand our audiences and make our life easier with content creation. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.